They may be the worst boss ever or the worst government ever, but we still need to submit to the God-appointed authority over us, as we'll see next, here on Truth For Today. It's a unique situation we find ourselves in, especially when it comes to authority over us. For many today, we have the option of going elsewhere if we don't like the boss or the employer that we have. Yet, there's still something to be said for submission to the God-appointed authority that is over us. And that's what we're looking at here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We find ourselves once again in Romans chapter 13, looking at verses 1 through 7. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. authority you've got, you got from above. My own, watch this. Look at Acts 2. Acts 2. Look at this. Uh, Verse 23. Are you there? Okay. This man was handed over to you, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Wow. You helped fulfill God's plan by killing this son. Is that right? Was it God's purpose? And you just were pawns in the carrying out of it. Of course, they were culpable. Now look at chapter 4, verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Human authority, he is simply saying, is ordained of God, so submit to it. Submit to it. Is it ever right not to submit to it? Is it ever right not to submit to civil authority? I hear voices in the wilderness, but I haven't haven't heard the church. Is it ever right not to submit to civil authority? Why? No authority. We need to pose this question. I get as a pastor. Is it ever right for me to tell a wife not to submit to her husband? Oh, all the women. I haven't heard one man. Thank you, women. Where are you men? Is it right to tell a woman not to submit to a man? You're just rebels. No. Why? Is it ever right for a child to tell a child, don't submit to your father? If they're Christian, the ultimate authority for our life is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and his legislation dictates ultimately what we will do. Now, you said, give me some examples. Exodus 1 and 2. The Jewish midwives were told to kill the children under Pharaoh's edict. They refused to kill them, and the Jewish women were having babies like this. They were strong. They were delivered, and they'd hide the babies. Even as Moses was hid, they would not kill the babies. Did they sin? No. 
They didn't, because Pharaoh made a law against life. Um, let's think of um, uh, what being the, oh, Daniel. What about Daniel? If you don't stop praying five times a day, we're going to kill you. We're going to throw you in the lion's den. He said, I ain't stopping praying. What about three Hebrew children? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, you better bow. They said, we're not going to bow. Well, you're going to burn. You see, anytime you don't obey, you must be willing in that statement to say, I will take all civil consequences. I won't fight you with a sword. I won't resist arrest. I might try to get a ticket out of town. You can flee persecutors. And the church has done that. But there's times, anytime they make the place of God and dictate areas of conscience, okay, then there are times Christians have not submitted to the government, but it was only because they were violating the Word of God and made it impossible. Uh, it's like uh, the Chinese Christians. Uh, they went underground for years because the communists forbid them. So we get the house church movement and they're going underground. They're obeying every law they can. But anytime there's a law made that forbids evangelism, the church has never obeyed it. Uh, Acts, uh, is it Acts 4? That Peter, when they're arrested and they tell him, we forbid you to preach in this man's name anymore in Jerusalem. Stop it. And he says, is it better to obey God than men? We must obey God. We cannot carry out your restriction. They beat them up. They give them a whipping uh, and, and command them, don't do this anymore. They never kept it. And they wind up in jail in chapter 12, on and on. So there are times when God's church has been faced with that dilemma that civil authority is so harsh Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Germany. Corrie ten Boom. Corrie ten Boom, what did they do? Uh, this woman and her father and her sister, they were hiding Jews, escaping Hitler. And so they built these hiding places in their house. She writes the book, Hiding Place. And uh, what is, were they breaking the law? Now, there's a greater law. It's hierarchical law. There is a law superior to any human law, and it's the law of God. And that is our first allegiance. Now, watch, watch this. But you don't have a right, and this is incriminating to me, to not keep the speed limit. And Carolyn, you can be dismissed. Because I feel faster is better. Anybody with me? Sure. And when you get on Highway 5 and some insane person said 70 miles an hour to go through a desert, come on, I know God is leading me. Carolyn, and my wife, I sometimes grab her on the phone as she's calling the CHP. Don't. She said, how can you be a pastor? How can, honey, I feel liberty. This is my Christian liberty. And Dave Smith says, I love to ride up Christian speeding to church on Sunday morning. Because he's a CHP and did it. He did it with relish. He did it. He has a vindictive spirit. Uh, so that through the Bible, this is a tense piece of theology. And uh, 
I have to submit to government I don't even like. It doesn't matter if I like it. And once again, we Americans, we've never been under a Nero. We've never been under Caligula. We've never been under Diocletian persecutions. Come on, come on. Our persecution is, uh, you want me to come back tonight? You want me to give? No, what is, what if they took your property? What if you've seen your pastor killed like James in the city of Jerusalem? Would you still go to church? It would weed out all the unregenerate, nominal, spoiled brat American church. The true church would keep, keep going. Persecution always thins out the wheat from the tares. And some of us are just spoiled brats, I being one of them. We've grown up with more freedom than we're taking advantage of. We've grown up with more privileges than we're cashing in on. Our big deal is, I'm tired. I don't know if I can serve. I don't know if I want to be there. Oh, this is what, not what the New Testament was dealing with. They were dealing with, will it cost us anything to be a part of a church? Will it cost us to show up at the meeting? What will it cost? Not, is the building just right? Well, I like the songs today. Well, his sermon was a little long. Get over it, brats. This is not American Christianity. We are not American Christians. I am a Christian. American, I just happen to be born in. Some of you are more American than you're Christian. Everything is political, political America. We're the greatest nation in the game. You know what? I love the diversity in our church. And really, I don't even, when I'm traveling, when I go to different places, I don't ask people what country, oh, you're not from America. Well, you're not blessed. God's blessed you no matter where you are because he saves people under every government, every nation, every color. God is not an American. He's God over all, all the nations. So don't, you know, you don't know this stuff. I, I've had problems when I first started this church. The hippies, I couldn't have an American flag in the building. Because there were hippies and they were all fleeing to uh, Canada to flee Vietnam. And they, I've had them tell me, he says, hey, I signed up for Christ. I don't know if I buy the Vietnam War. Boy, you talk about tensions. And one day I had a man that was a vet from World War II and I had a guy fleeing to uh, Canada until God saved him. And we both walked out of our prayer meeting and this guy said here, who was a bruiser, said, I can't believe I'm in a prayer meeting with a guy like this. Before Christ, I'd just soon take him out. Little redneck. And this young guy brought out of hippies, drugs and free love. He said, and I can't believe I'm here with a redneck. But in Christ, we found a meeting place. Wow, Christianity, there's nothing like it. Nothing. We couldn't stand each other if it wasn't for Christianity. Can I get a witness? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't. You're on this political spectrum. I think this, I can just see some of you in the Puritan. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nothing. What in the world are we doing in the same fellowship? Is it Christ or is it your, you get your way? Is it Christ or your view? It's like money in the church. Everybody's got an inspired view of money. Uh, racial issues, all this stuff. You know, I, I think of, uh, I went to a black church last Sunday. There was three whites. Uh, I fathered one of them and the others were my grandchildren, which are half and half. 
and three whites in the place. I go to a white church, and there's about three blacks. Well, I'm used to this. What's wrong? Why don't we hold seminars in South Carolina? Well, I'd be voted out. I'd be told to go back to liberal San Francisco where you came from and get out of here. You must celebrate the Christian experiences that we're having that we can be together and the thing we've got in common is Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. Well, let me in 10 minutes give you profound insights. How should government function? If you rebel against the authority, he says in verse 2, government is ordained to restrain evil. Rulers are not to be a terror for those who do right. And this has been the great... Now, this is idealism here. This has not always worked out. We know that. Hitler, for instance. I mean, he was for evil and against good. So there was a great dilemma. And uh, what a quandary Christians were. Many had to die and many abdicated. For rulers are no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear? Uh, just do what is right. And I think the big mistake and what government often fails in verse 3, government can be quick to punish and slow to commend. Do you see that? They will deal with evil and they will commend, commend you for doing the right. And uh, the main commendation we get today, we, they didn't arrest us. Maybe, but I think the more we can commend, even in children, uh, you could always say, I'm going to spank you if you don't do that. Do, do, do. do you commend them for what they do right? Uh, that one boy said he was seven before he found out his name wasn't shut up. I mean, you, know, you grow up, I had a man tell me uh, just Friday, he fled his home because he grew up with 18 years being called an idiot and a no good and they'll never amount to anything. So he fled home the first chance he got. We got to commend good while we're trying to restrain evil. It's in the raising. And I think that's in any authority structure, whether it's uh, employment, the home. Uh, you know, instead of saying, well, you should have done a good job. I know people that way. Well, you should have done good. What do you think we're paying you for? And there's a certain truth there. But it sure feels nice to be commended for doing something right. And some of you ought to start today. Tell her she cooked a good meal. Oh, you went out. Okay. Go on. If you do wrong, you ought to be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. Now, why did they bury a sword? Why did they carry it? To pick their teeth? What did you bear a sword for? I know men that pack guns. And you know what they say? Every gun packer I know. You get in the South, you can carry a gun quite a bit. They say this, I never pack a gun I don't intend to use. My dear brother in this church gave me a gun years ago because they were outlawing guns, they thought, in the state. And he gave it to me, and I was wrestling, what should I do with it? I want to unload it. He said, hey, look, unload it? What's wrong with you, Twinkie? 
A gun's not a gun unless it's loaded. Well, 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 well that means you would use, get a clue. Hmm. Well, government has been empowered by God to carry a weapon, and they can use it. A big issue that comes up in church circles is capital punishment, right? Let's take a vote. Close your eyes. It's amazing that a man like Charles Colson has gone away from capital punishment, who founded Prison Fellowship. Why? Here is the problem he had. He said, uh, because him being a lawyer, he knew what all can happen in the courtroom. See, under the law, you never built prisons. You either plucked out their eye, cut off their arm, or charged them 20% for the crime, but you never did house them. Seven cities of refuge you could flee to if you had innocently killed somebody in an accident, and you could stay there until the avenger of blood was to die. And they, they rescued seven places in Israel. But they never had a prison system in all the law. They just stone them and bury them. They had a lot of burial committees. Uh, capital punishment was carried out quickly, but you didn't have lawyers. You didn't have payoffs. You didn't have... See, the system that is skewed and why many good Christians have backed off from death penalty is how do you get a sentence? What if a poor man can't afford a good lawyer? Should he die and a rich man that is guilty can get the lawyer and walk free? That is the great problem. But government has the right to execute. They have the right to bear weapons. Not the church, the government. And you know what? I have to say, I want someone to bear the weapon. I'd lot rather them pull the trigger than me. Do you ever pray for the man that pulls the trigger? Did you know he's in danger today? Did you know he's under great threat? He goes out on a domestic call at two in the morning uh, in the worst part of town, and everybody's cussing authority and cussing their right. Who would you call if you want your daughter rescued from a drug dealer that's beaten her to a pulp? We ought to pray for these men that bear the sword. They get less respect today than probably any time in our history. Soldiers get less respect because we're an anti-authority people by nature because you were born a sinner. And we, hate, we all want to be God. We don't want any authority over us. But the way you respond to authority over you tells whether God's going to take you up or take you down. If you don't submit to the authority God's appointed over your life, it's over. You're going no further. You're going no further. That's why it's in the church too. Some people have spent their whole life trying to be a fit to pastors, and they've gone nowhere but bitter and gotten worse. They've ruined their, their life. They've ruined it. I had a man one time fussing with me, and he walked in, and uh, I led him to the Lord, but he's fussing with me and fussing and carrying on. And one day he walked in, he wanted to tell me, give me a piece of his mind that he couldn't easily afford to give away. Uh, he had little left. And uh, when he got through, in frustration, he just kind of hit uh, the desk. 
There's just no use of me fighting against you. I think God's chosen you. I said, you got it right. You're fighting against God to fight against me. Because I haven't done anything wrong to you. You're just out of sorts. You're not getting your way about something. Why don't you submit and let God exalt you in due time? What if it's Saul that's over you? How would you like to have Saul for your king and throwing javelins at you just for target practice? And then you get a chance to kill him. And you're a soldier. And you've killed Goliath. You've killed, and, and your men are saying, God has let him fall in your hands. I, I like that theology in the context. You're not kidding. Whoop. But he had a greater theology. No, no, no. God hasn't called me to kill the appointed king. Here's something. The man is in an ordained office, but it doesn't mean everything he does in that office is right. It's the office, the office that he respected. He's God's anointed. God will handle him in his own way. That doesn't mean you're immune from doing the right. Oh, I got to shut up. I think the last is evidence. This is what you call a crash landing conclusion. Because the clock is not set right. I want that clock reset when I come back. It needs to be back another 15 minutes. If I had a remote, I'd do it. Zip. Oh. I think the uh, last part, our responsibility, uh, is evident. Now, did it say this? Pay taxes with glee. It didn't say and pay taxes with joy in the Lord. Well, but in a way you ought to say, would I rather pay taxes here or would I rather pay taxes under Russia? Now, if I'm in Russia, I got to say, I guess, would I rather pay taxes here or America? Yeah, America any day, but I got to pay them. Nobody gets happy about paying taxes, but we ought to do it. You'd be amazed at how many Christians uh, look good until they file taxes, and they become legitimate liars. They just lie all over the place. Uh, you know, it's kind of scary tonight. One of these women we're baptizing has been doing my brother and sister's taxes for 30 years. So I'm going to ask my brother to baptize his tax account. <laughs> I am, I am. Because she knows what he's given and she's told him for years, you can't give that much money to the church. You're wrong to be doing that. He said, I will give my money wherever I want. Now God saves her, and she, he's going to get to baptize her. Uh, authorities are God's servants. They give their full time to hanging out, I mean to governing. Some govern, some hang out. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay them. Revenue, respect honor. Pastor Phil Howard here on Truth For Today, taking a look at Romans chapter 12, this amazing transition from theology to practice that the Apostle Paul lays out for us here in the book of Romans. As we close out our time together today, we would like to remind you that we're always available should you have questions or prayer requests. If you have an issue regarding the broadcast that you would like addressed, feel free to get a hold of us. You can write to us, drop us an email, or give us a phone call. If you would like to order the entire set today's message was taken from, again, simply mention it by name when you contact us, Living Sacrifice, Serving One Another. 
Eight CDs in all, we ask for a gift of $15 or more. Please bear in mind, this is a listener-supported ministry. We're able to come to you daily and Sundays as well here on KFAX as you link arms with us financially. Please remember that as you contact us. We'd love to partner with you. And by the way, our partners, our TFT sustainers, they receive quarterly newsletters, once a year special gift, and also access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil. It's our weekly video devotional with Pastor Phil Howard. Again, that's all part of our TFT Sustainers Club. Ask about it when you get a hold of us. Here's our phone number. It's 855 833 9864. That's 855-833-9864. Stop by our website, valleybible.org. Drop us an email while you're there. Or write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And as you either stop by our website, please remember you can take advantage of the resource materials there, securely give online, and find out more about us. Or, if you wish, give us a call again at 855-833-9864. And that web address, once again, is valleybible.org. If you'd like to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, you're more than welcome. Consider this an official invite. And make sure you let one of the ushers know that it was the radio station that invited you. That would mean a great deal to us. Directions and information, again, can be found at valleybible.org or by calling 855-833-9864. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, may God richly bless you.